Hi everyone and welcome to this amazing feature length episode with the gorgeous Cheryl Douglas and she's going to be talking to us about her feminine archetypes and how we're all made up of these feminine archetypes but we have a particularly more dominant one that influences everything we do, be, have in our life to do with money, everything. So it's fascinating have a listen, see which archetype you think you might be. And at the end, do her quiz. There will be a link to this this quiz from the show notes. So make sure you check that out. I'd love to know what you are. Come into the Facebook group and share. Um, And if you're curious to know what my archetype is, send me an email or come into the Facebook group and ask me and I will let you know what one I am. But with that, I will let you carry on now with the gorgeous Cheryl and our interview. And I hope you really enjoy it. Take care. Bye bye. Let's 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 just stay still where we are. Yeah. Cheryl, please tell everybody who you are and why you're here and what you're going to be talking to us about. Oh, oh fantastic. Well, first of all, Nikki, thank you for inviting me to talk to the awesome women in your group here about um, the self-care wisdom of the feminine archetypes. And um, ladies, you know, all of you waiting, having waited all this time, thank you so much for your patience. Really appreciate it. Um, Sorry about the technical hiccups. So uh, my name is Cheryl Douglas, and I am a women empowerment coach. And basically what I do is I help women to remember and reconnect with who they really are at heart. And I do that by helping them to remove blocks that stop them from uh, living, earning, and working in ways that make them feel empowered, prosperous, deeply fulfilled, and and joyful, and joyful, because that is so important. So Mm. that's me in a nutshell. There's lots of there's lots of loves going on for you at the moment. Oh, I appreciate that. Right back at oh, oh, right back at you, ladies. Fantastic. Thank you. Cool. So what we, we decided we were going to do this, didn't we? Because um, we realized that there was a lot of um, issues around money and those blocks that you were talking about. And um, and also around how money is like a really is a self-care tool, isn't it? We have to look at money as a way of um, supporting ourselves in a, in in our anything we want to do, really. You know, whether we want to learn something new, whether we want to invest, whether we want to save or just look after ourselves better. So what do you, know, what do you think about that? I'm, I'm totally on board with you. Um, <laughs> my siblings and I, we have a saying, money isn't everything, but it's darn close. And um, <laughs> it, it, it's so true. It's so mm. true. Because especially in the coaching industry, so many of us women, Um, we struggle around the money issue because we're such pleasers, we're such givers, we're such taking carers of everybody else's, you know, that we leave ourselves for last. And um, I mean, just to repeat again, ad nauseum, that good old cliche, we cannot pour from an empty cup. 
And unfortunately, that's where too many, many women are, you know, just busy serving everyone else up and not serving themselves. And it shows up in our relationship with money big time. Yeah, no, completely. And um, and Steph's actually commented, this is so me. And it's it's fascinating, isn't it? When you when you start to delve into it, you think, well, why, why do we do that? And when you realize that you're putting yourself at detriment to everything else, it's kind of a, it's a wake up call, isn't it? It's like, a, no, hang on a second. No, I do need to be taking responsibility for my own money. I do need to have some money for myself to be able to go and have those nice things I want because it makes me a nicer person to be around and then I can give more to other people as well so actually it's kind of it's a win-win you have looking after yourself it helps other people totally we should never ever ever be apologetic about looking after ourselves even more than that and this is going to be hard to take because it was incredibly hard for me to take. I, I, I struggled for years with this, but I'm going to say it because it's so true. We should never, ever apologize for or hesitate to put ourselves first, first and foremost. You know, I remember years ago when I, I think it was my very first job, and um, there was a, an older gentleman in the company that I worked at, and he said to me, he said, you know, Cheryl, we should always, always, and this is going back a long time, like almost 30 years ago, okay? And he said, we should always, always put away 25% of what we earn. I don't know if the numbers may have changed now, but that's a long time ago, and that's one of the first things that I one of the first solid piece of, or perhaps the first solid piece of um, advice that I received from someone who was kind and considerate and older than me, wiser than me at the time, who would have so kindly shared that with me. Did I listen? No. I, I heard it. I received it. It obviously stuck because it came back many years later. But I think the intervening factor there that got between that solid piece of message that I should have taken and run with 30 years ago and all the struggles in between, the interfering factors, if you will, I, I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt now, were me operating out of the shadow aspect of my dominant archetype and the sub archetypes. I know that to be true. And I know that for myself and I know like I know it to be true for my clients as well. Our archetypes are, are they should be teaching this in school, the sacred money archetypes, all archetypes, they should be taught in school because they govern our lives tremendously and this has been known for thousands of years we did not invent archetypes we didn't i had a, one of my lovely clients ask me back about a month now to teach her how to use my archetypes with her clients and of course i was overjoyed i, I you know it, it is time and she said you know can you teach me how to use your archetypes 
with my clients. And I said, well, I'd be delighted to, but they're not my archetypes. Something that has existed for thousands of years cannot be mine or anyone else's. You know, the ancient Egyptians have known about this. Ancient Chinese culture, Indian culture, African cultures, South, um, South American, Aborigine, all ancient cultures have known and have used them to serve themselves. Yes. So what um, that leads us beautifully then onto the archetypes and what they are and, and perhaps um, linking them to how somebody might be with their self-care around money and, and how they treat it. So, yeah, they, for some people know about my archetype, the archetypes I've learned from Kendall Summerlock, which I know you're yeah. learning as well. Yeah. Um, so it would be interesting to sort of see the similarities as well with that. So, yeah, mm -hmm. tell us about the okay. archetypes. Yeah, and you are, you are right, Nikki, you're so right, there, there is overlap. And I should say, just for full disclosure, that I researched and developed the archetypes that I use way before, before I heard of Kendall. Um, yes, did, yeah. well uh, before. Yeah. It, it goes back now five years since I did work on mine and realized then that there is a whole body of work out there that's used um, in medicine, it's used in psychiatry, it's used in psychology, um, it's been used for years. And it's, now, it's very widely used in Hollywood, it's widely used in sales and marketing as well. Yeah. So everybody who has an interest in playing us and playing with us, has knowledge of archetypes. And that is why I'm hell-bent on getting the word out there so we can become empowered by knowing what our archetypes are as well. So I believe I use seven archetypes. There are loads and loads of archetypes. I, from my research, I condense them down into seven because I find there is overlap, even between the seven that I use, and I know the eight that, that um, we use in, in our sacred money archetypes, there is overlap. And we're human, we're, we are unique, but we aren't standalone unique in that respect. There is overlap. So I'll, I'll start off here with my very first archetype, and I'll, because I'll have to use these sheets here to guide you through. This is the mother. And I, mm. I found she was beautifully represented by a lovely pregnant tummy. I'd like to say, having just said that, that the mother archetype is not solely about giving birth to human offsprings. I think that is a very important point to make because the, the superpower, one of the superpowers of the mother archetype is her profound ability to birth humans as well as ideas. So a lot of, you know, superbly inspired ideas come from the mother archetype. And just as she would, you know, devote so much love, care, and attention, and nurturing to human offsprings, she does same with the ideas that she births and brings into fruition. Now, um, I think it would be readily and accurately guessed that the mother archetype is um, very giving, 
very caring, big-hearted. Nothing is too much for her to give. She'll give you her last penny, the clothes off her back, especially if you're a child or someone she's taken under her wing or an idea she's developing. She'll work night and day, you know, just to get it off the ground. And that's the, 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 the you know, the superbly powerful nature of the mother aspect when she's in her shadow and sorry when she's in her light aspect when she's in that empowering positive superpower place and things tend to go though a bit awry for the mother archetype or those of us who are mothers or have strong a strong mother archetype presence when we slip into that overgiving and I must say, it is something that mothers do a lot. I was speaking with a, a client of mine who is very strongly a mother archetype yesterday. And um, it, it, it was really a struggle. And for her, she wasn't even mothering her birth child. She was bother, um, mothering a younger sibling whose apron strings that she should have cut a long time ago, but has had so much difficulty doing that. But the penny landed yesterday. And, you know, <laughs> she kept messaging me with different steps that she has just taken to sever the apron strings a little bit more. And it was just messaging all day. But I was just immensely proud of her. Um, so when we overgive, you know... Energy is endless in the universal realm of things, but in terms of our energy, in terms of what we have to give stamina level, it is not unlimited. It is not unlimited. So if we are giving, giving, giving to others, we are taking, 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 taking from ourselves. And that affects our health. And that's the healthcare message here for the mother. So the mother would oftentimes then feel quite run down. She would feel, um, again, operating from that overgiving shadow aspect, quite resentful, feeling that people around her are takers and ingrates, okay? These are the languages of the mother archetype in her shadow aspect when all that giving out is not coming back. So the mother has to be really careful and just as Nikki pointed out at the beginning here, really take on board, step back here and take on board, fully accept and own that it is perfectly okay to hold back some for yourself, to serve yourself first, to make sure you're in a good place. Yeah. And that's with your yeah. money, with everything you give. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it's, um, if you have children, I think that's, it's better to model that than okay. it is to tell that. So, okay. you know, as you said yourself, you were told many years ago, save 25% of your money and you didn't take it on board necessarily until later. Whereas actually for us as women, I think if we're constantly handing out money all the time, overgiving, you know, oh, don't worry about that loan. It's fine. Or, you know, don't need it back or whatever. Then it's, it's setting yourself up, isn't it, for hardship? It's setting your kids up for hardship because they're not then becoming self-reliant to be able to to carry on with that. Um, 
so yeah and and um, Sheila's quite rightly said sacrifice slash martyr so yeah that's that's what being a mother is all about but totally much, as you said causes problems so yeah totally no totally and it, it's and you are right it, it disempowers people you know, and that's a conversation that we had yesterday with this client I was just talking about. Giving, giving, giving is not serving. It's not empowering. Yeah. And it's also you not placing trust in that person that you are constantly over-serving to, that they have what it takes to stand on their own two feet. Yeah, and finding ways of encouraging them and moving them in a direction to stand in their own, on their own two feet instead of giving, 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 over-giving all the time yeah yeah so that's yeah, the mother that's the mother we've got a few people going this was me yeah that's me <laughs> wow yeah lots of mothers lots of and i think you know again it's, it's one of those innate things being a a, a a woman um i believe there's a large part of nurture to that not in all instances not all women are nurturers um, but I also think a big piece of that is social conditioning as well. What the expectations have been of us. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so we're going to move on. Next one? Yes. The mystic. The mystic. Okay. Not sure how well she comes up here. Now, your mystic is very spiritually grounded. And she is um, quite complete in that respect. Very level-headed. Very calm. Um, very, very hard to ruffle her feathers, really. Um, a, a very strong sense of connect, connectedness and groundedness with self and with a divine source, whatever that source may be for her. And so when she's um, operating out of her empowered states, her light aspects, some of us would say, um, she is a trusted source for support and advice. So she tends to attract people in that respect because everyone knows she has a calm and a level head and is always very receptive and listen, ready to listen, lend a shoulder, as the case might be. Now, but even the mystic can slip out into that shadow aspect and fall outside of taking care of herself and for her we see a lot of mystics um, in the spirituality coaching realm of things where money is the root of all evil comes up as one of their mm -hmm. mantras where um, you know it, it, it's not right to make money doing the work I'm doing for, I'll say, I'll use the example that I am familiar with. Um, it's not right as a, as a Christian. I'm not religious, but I'm, you know, I was born into that religion. But <clears throat> it is not right as a Christian to take money um, doing the work of God. But I, I love the comeback that, you know, a lot of my Christian friends have, you know, God says money is good. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't good, he would not have inspired us to make it. All right? And I, I, I'll take that. I'll take that. And as the mystic archetype, archetypal woman, it's really important to take on board that money 
powers you up to serve more. No one is saying that, you know, um, a 6K income or a 7K income should be your goal. It is what it is for you. Whatever is happy for you. Whatever puts you in your happy place, that's perfectly okay. But money allows you to further your reach. So if that is for you, spreading the word of God or Buddha Allah, whoever that is, doing God's work, attending to people from that truly deeply compassionate human um, place, money 10x's, 100x's your impact in the world. It simply does. It's just the world we live in right now. It may yeah, change, but it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah. Absolutely. Are we okay I with that, Nikki? Yeah, completely. I mean, we're, I say a lot in our group that wealthy women are changing the world. Totally. The question is, is what kind of wealthy women are out there currently having the impact are they having the impact that we want to see or are they taking away from that impact? So yeah. money talks and money brings power. And as much as we ne don't necessarily like that, do we really want the Donald Trumps of the world to be, to be doing what they're doing? Or do yeah. we want more just into her, our hands? You know, do we want more of that totally. kind of person that's totally. actually making a difference? And there was, you know, even, even if you're not planning on becoming the next prime minister, <laughs> you can still make, amazing things happen in your own communities in your family the, the the ripple effects you can then give to your children it's so it money money's so important isn't it and it and i think it's more spiritual to think about money as an endless source of energy that's coming from the universe or coming from god totally. um i don't know if you've read the book um it's not your money by tosha silver it's on my list it's on my next to read actually in all well or listen in audible yes so she really explains how how money is just we're just borrowing it we're just borrowing it nurturing it and then we hand it back and we give it and it's this constant cycle all the time so it's not you know it's not good to hoard it but it's also equally not good to take it from somebody because it's not your money you're you're channeling it through so it's yeah it's really really interesting that you say all of that and being connected with source is so important so yeah that's brilliant no, thank you no you're very welcome i'd just like to say here I'm going back to the mystic. One of the most famous mystics the world has ever known is Mother Teresa. And she could, and she comes up as a strong, to me, as mo a strong mother as well, but definitely your mystic. She could not have done, you know, saving the lives of, caring for, and, and, and shaping a future for tens of thousands of Indian orphans if she did not have money coming in. Yeah. And in her own beautiful, soft way, she was very good at welcoming in money um, to her orphanage. All right. So next we have the queen. Mm. Okay. We have the queen. In oh, it's a beautiful her... picture. That's gorgeous picture. Show that again. It's absolutely stunning. Wow. Thank you. God, how re so regal and oh, just how beautiful. regal. Mm -hmm. I thought she depicted the queen brilliantly. Very regal, very beautiful. Mm. Forthright, you can see. And that is the queen. The queen is a mover and a shaker. She really is. You know, modern day queen um, 
she is a woman of influence. She is connected with people who can make things happen. She makes that her business. She knows where to rub elbows in all the places of influence as well. And um, so in as far as rallying the troops to empty their pockets and pour into an organization that is, you know, front of line in her heart, she can do that with the snap of a finger. You know, she just has to pick up the phone. You know, she has, um, she would have your Richard Bransons and so on on speed dial, okay? She knows them personally, first name basis. That is your queen. May not be Richard, but wherever level she's at, you know what I mean. Now, your queen is also, has a big compassionate heart a massive personality. She walks into a room and you know before she even opens her mouth. She is fiercely loyal to her subjects, quote unquote, a bit like the mother on a different level, anyone under her wings, so to speak, very well looked after. Operating out of the shadow aspect though, while the queen has the outward appearance of you know, being quite regal and very well put together. The queen is quite prone to suffering in silence because she has a difficult time asking for help. Mm. To her, asking for help is a sign of weakness. We all know it's a sign of strength, right? Not yeah. to the queen. It takes a while for her to break that down. Um... In being so loyal, and particularly loyal to her, I, I don't like to use the word partner for the queen. The queen isn't about a, a romantic partner. The queen is about a husband. Marriage is something she holds in very, very high regard. So having a partner, living together arrangement, even if we are so cool with that, isn't exactly enough for her. Enough for her. And what we have with the queen, again, very, very giving, she tends to get easily jealous when other women will get too close to her. Everybody is suspect if they get too close to her husband, so to speak. So there is a, an aspect of the queen, as strong as she is, highly capable, superbly intelligent, there is oftentimes a bit of insecurity there for her. Uh, questions around her, believe it enough or not, questions around her enoughness, am I enough? And we see this a lot, even in co with corporate high-flying women, there is still that inner question of am I enough? And that comes up a lot for the queen. And my self-care tip here for the queen would be to know that with or without a romantic partner, you are enough. Another qualification, you are enough. You were born enough. You are enough and will always be enough. The example that I use, like to use, and Nikki, you are very well placed to back me up or correct me here, is that as women, as baby girls, we are born with all the eggs we will ever need. 
we don't develop them, whether we use them or whether they get used, you know, or not to produce children is a whole other matter. But the fact, when I learned that we were born, we are born with all the eggs we will ever need in our lifetime, that to me just signified, sealed our completeness, our enoughness. I'm not saying we don't need other people in our lives, but it, it signaled to me, we've come here with everything we need, right? So it's taking more of that on board for the queen and knowing that, look, you know, you don't just look the part, you are the part, you are mm -hmm. the part. And just really, and a bit like the mother, instead of giving everything out, remember to hold some back for yourself as well yeah i think um i think a queen properly in her power doesn't need to apologize she doesn't need to feel guilty she doesn't need to she doesn't need to answer to anybody like if she's properly in her power it's like no that's my decision deal with it <laughs> she's, totally. she's, also, she's so decisive as well isn't she she's oh she is not, you're not going to get this. Oh, should I? Should I do this? Should I? Should I try? It? <clears throat> I don't know what to do. It's like no, I've decided I'm going to learn how to do it like this, or I've decided I need to do this, or I need to cut this out of my life, or that she's very. That's how I see a queen, like a. Oh, she that's is. It. That's my she choice. Is. <laughs> totally, totally, very black and white, and um, you know, makes her decisions um on her own. Actually, quite good at doing that and calling it right when she's operating from that empowered place. Yeah. No, yeah. Thanks for no, that. That's Lovely. Really, that's really cool. I mean, um, yeah, we've had some, uh, that's so interesting. I think it's amazing um, thing about us. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, really cool. Okay. Yeah. Lovely. Great. All right. Mm -hmm. So next we'll move on to the maiden. And the maiden here, she, I find her very fascinating as an archetype. I like to refer to the maiden as an old soul. On the one hand, she's forever young. She looks youthful for a very, very long time, very attractive, just physically speaking, the way she carries herself as well. Um, but old beyond her years. So we have both those things at play with the maiden archetype, but we have also coming up there someone who is quite shy someone who is often very insecure, someone who second guesses themselves a lot, someone who um, puts the ideas and suggestions of others over her own. That is her in her shadow aspect. When she's operating from a place of strength and in that, in her, in, you know, from a gift, from her gifts, she is psychic and intuitive to an extent that no other archetype is. All the other six combined have nothing on her. She's deeply, deeply intuitive and bang on correct when she has learned to trust her intuition. And um, my healthcare tip for the, the maiden here is to know or to remember you have the answers. So your tendency to go back and forth and take this one's advice over yours, 
you don't need to do that because you more than anyone else is gifted to go within and come up with your answers, the answers that are right for you. Yeah. So the other thing is, and I don't know how woo-woo um, you ladies are. I am. I am. I, I love the scientific. I would read it from morning till dusk, from night till dusk. It's the same with woo-woo for me. I have no qualms marrying the two because yeah. more and more I'm finding out that woo-woo is very science-based. Yes. Very science-based. Completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Great. So your maiden archetypes are very, very easily, they are almost always in a place where they can always or almost always access information from other realms. So the spirit world is highly accessible to, even without trying. Um, I have an amazing client who is very much like that. And um, she said to me, the very first call we had, she said, Cheryl, even as a child, it was with me. When I told my parents, they dismissed it. They called me a liar. And she said, you know, after a while, I just felt so ashamed of it. I, I disowned it. As an adult, it's come back to her. So anywhere that she goes, <laughs> she says to me, visiting any memorial or anything like that, she always brings home a few friends. They come wow. home with her. Yeah, yeah. They haven't transitioned properly. And so she takes care of them until they are ready to transitions and help, transition and helps them in that process. But, you know, we cannot afford to think that we are the only entities here. In the words of Einstein, we are all energy, first and foremost. We are just compressed energy. We are all energy. And Einstein very profoundly said, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So when our physical bodies depart this earth, our physical bodies go, our energies are here. That's what I choose. That's my belief. And it's backed up as well, but that's my belief. I hold that. Yeah. Yeah. So these people, you know, maiden archetypes can serve us really, really well for those of us who do not have those intuitive powers as sharpened yet, yet we can benefit hugely from the advice that they can share with us from other, well, other realms. So that, that makes me think then, can you, can you change between archetypes or is this fundamentally who you are at the core? Ah, that's a fantastic question. And I should have said this right at the start. I'll inter in introduce it here, introduce it here right now. Hmm. We are all the archetypes. That's the beauty of it. We are all the archetypes. We have a predominant archetype. And I believe very much like, like our SMAs, our top three archetypes are very influential. There is quite an interplay, an influence between them at all times. And um, the fact that we are all archetypes, it means that we can call on, they are there ready to serve us. I'm convinced that the main purpose of our archetypes is to empower us. They're here to serve us for the greater good. 
And even when we are operating in any of those shadow aspects of any particular archetype, it is information. It is information. And we need to look, take the lessons from that and have it serve us. So to answer your question, Nikki, we are all the archetypes. We have access to all of them at any given point in time and can, um, I, I would use the word here, embody any mm -hmm. of those archetypes. Like a good example here would be, let's use someone who is predominantly maiden, whose job requires her to do public speaking. Um, but being shy, she's terrified of public speaking. She can learn, there is a process, learn how to embody the persona of the queen archetype who loves social, public speaking to get the job done when necessary. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, we do have access to all of them. You can access them. So a maiden then would be someone who could access manifesting you know for asking for help from source to bring more money in or bring that new house in or bring whatever it is in in addition to totally. the other archetypes that are the action-based ones taking you know taking the steps they need to take so yeah that's where it kind of links the two together really nicely so yeah makes a lot of sense and there's lots of hearts totally. going on for that one as well so yeah <laughs> i can see them thank you yeah yeah, yeah. there thank we you. go there we go yeah yeah totally. okay that's, that's totally. really good to know that's really helpful so okay so we've got three we've got three more to go and i'm, I'm not three sure how we're go. doing for time we're doing so the time. next one up yep yeah. okay the next one up is the warrior mm -hmm. and the warrior archetype i actually know her very well I'm predominantly the warrior archetype. And in our, in the light aspect, when you're acting from, you know, that, that healthy, gifted space, warriors tend to be very devoted to women, causes that are about, you know, the progression of women in the mm -hmm. world, the protection of children as well. So there's overlap with the mother and the, the warrior in that respect. Um, so fiercely determined, very protective of anyone that she takes under her charge. Um, you know, very goal orientated as well. So would set her sights on something, regardless of how long it takes, she will achieve that. And um, so that, that, you know, that, that is your, your um, warrior archetype operating from that place of strength. She is a, a, an unusual leader. So she isn't one who would really put herself forward for um, a, a corporate leadership role. Um, but when she leads, she does so very effectively, but from a very unconventional, in a very unconventional kind of way. That is your, your warrior archetype. Operating out of her shadow aspects, though, is a woman who fights all battles. And I can personally speak to how unhealthy and how wearing that becomes over time. Mm. And when I say unhealthy, it can manifest itself in physical illness. I know... Um, 
just around the time actually that I discovered the feminine archetypes. I got diagnosed, Nikki, you might have heard the story before, with um, a lump in my liver. It was a quite large one, uh, hemangioma. And mine was exceptionally large. By the time it, I, you know, I went to surgery, it was 14 centimeters by 14 centimeters. Wow. And a bit of a scare, a bit of a concern, actually, about it, the possibility of rupture and all that. But I came through it. I'm healthy and well. Thank goodness it was my liver. My liver is grown back, as, as, it, as they do, and all that. But in the work I've done and research I've done after, I've come to know that the liver is an organ that is associated, one of the, the emotions it's associated with is anger. And so, I, yeah. and so I saw the removal of that, you know, 14 by 14 centimeter ball. I did ask the surgeon beforehand, the, the consultant, to please take a picture so I can see it afterwards. And I did. And I was amazed at the size and the perfect roundness of it. But it was a ball of anger that was removed. And what for me and what that taught me was I needed to start addressing the things that I'm angry about and making making my peace in this world and all the things that I'm angry about or people that I'm angry over they could care less they aren't even aware of my anger but in the meantime it's solidified itself and taken up a lot of um, real estate in my liver um, yeah so that's my, my, my big um, advice, if you will, is to release. Nothing is wrong with anger in and of itself. Nothing is wrong with anger. I, um, I believe all our emotions are here to serve us. The problem sets in when we get stuck in um, a depleting emotion like anger, when we get stuck there. So it's to release that. Do what you will to release that. Have it move through you and choose your battles. Not, most hills aren't worth dying on, you know. And um, I go back again. Our children are always watching us. They are always watching us. They do more of what we do and less of what we say. So we always have to be mindful and just for our health's sake. So that's my piece there on mm. the warrior. That's really interesting. I can see the um, overlap with the maverick in that situation. Mm. Um, maverick, for people that haven't done this, the sacred money archetypes, um, is like this, very much wants to protect others, wants to fight for the underdog, wants to do all these mm. things, but can put themselves at such financial risk because they're taking too many risks that they're, they're spending too much money. They're, they're doing it too quickly. They're not taking into consideration themselves. So yeah, I can, um, I can see the overlap with that one. You totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 And then we have the lover and yeah. she is, is every bit as sensual and sexual and just, um, into very creative, extremely creative, um, into the finer things in life as well. 
doesn't much have much of a care in the world. A very um, can be quite impetuous, actually. But supremely, what I love about the lover is that she and she alone, of all the archetypes, has the capacity, a unique capacity to transform others through the power of love. Now, all the others are loving when operating out of their, their, their light aspect, their, their superpowers, very, very loving. But there is a quality to the love that the lover possesses that enables her to see diamonds in the rough with great accuracy, to take them in and to just bring out the finer qualities in them, their gifts, and, you know, just launch them out in the world. And she can do that very much like she can take a lump of clay and just mold that into the finest piece of pottery, you know, or, you know, bits of paint and create the most awe-inspiring painting. That Those are the gifts of the, the, the lover. She's very creative that way. Um, Big-hearted, loves everybody, hasn't a bad word to say about us all. Unfortunately for the lover, when in her shadow aspect, <clears throat> excuse me, she being inclined to be impetuous can overspend like there is no tomorrow. So she has a very, tends to have a very fractured relationship with money. Um, no amount of money is too much to give. No amount of money is too much to spend on the latest latest Prada, Prada bag or anything else like that. <laughs> a bit of the celebrity comes to mind. You know, she can look after herself very, very well. She is, you know, very charismatic as well. But what this does, again, when it, um, how it affects her, her self-care is that while all might be well in for much of her, her, her youth, there are periods where she can find herself without sufficient money to look after her own needs. And later years, planning can be a difficult piece as well because there might not be sufficient invested to look after her um, in her older years. On the romantic front, lovers are extremely generous and loving. They can, however, sometimes attract partners who can't, won't, or aren't able to return her love. And so the lover operating out of that place tends to suffer one, one too many broken hearts. And that is, that is something that, you know, clients who are lovers have said, mm, yep, get that. You know, there's something to be careful, careful of and to know that you are inherently worthy. The, the lover doesn't so much um, partner with anyone to be completed 
it's not, it's other archetypes will do that. Um, the queen is an archetype for all her regality. You know, having a, a husband um, completes her in her psyche, not the lover. She is very, very at ease with sexual freedom, but at the same time, because she puts, she is so much about heart, when it's not return, returned, it hurts. So it's really looking after yourself in that regard. Mm. No, that's, that's really interesting. So lover, overspending, if you're somebody like that, that might be a bit of lover in there, right? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, great. Right. But now finally, you're moving on to the sage. The now sage, your sage, lovely. yeah, your sage here is very brainy, very, very brainy, very um, financially capable, very much at ease with numbers, very capable of um, simplifying quite complex um, financial matters or business matters, and equally adept at um, explaining it in such a way that it, you know, it's completely accessible to the people she, she would um, be working with. Also, um, highly skilled and highly knowledgeable. So she is the go-to person. Um, a very, to use the word capable again, leader. So you tend to find her in, in, in high-flying leadership positions. Um, a fantastic mentor when operating out of that light gifted, excuse me, healthy superpower aspect. So very goal-orientated, very, you know, a great degree of mental agil um, agility, very, just a very bright woman, period. Okay. In her shadow aspect, or, you know, operating from, from the, that place of needing further development or weakness, whatever we choose to call it, she can alienate others. She can sometimes come across as a bit aloof or a bit intimidating to others, not easily accessible. Um, sometimes people might see her as a bit emotionless. And so what happens is that she can struggle to form long-lasting, meaningful relationships. And that is a, a, a quite hurtful piece for her. She doesn't understand why. And for the sage, I would always say, you know, perhaps just step back a bit and take a look at the how of how you inter interact with people around you. Are you open to taking other people's ideas on board? And from the shadow aspect, sages tend to not be open to that. Mm. They tend to know it all and not invite. Not from a healthy aspect, in the shadow aspect. So it's just knowing that the table is big enough for everyone and that everyone around the table has, is capable of putting forward enriching input into the mm. process. Um, and also learning to lighten up a little, learning to let your hair down a little bit, you know. Um, 
doing things more with the girls. Now, I have to say this. The sage does not have too, too much trouble in her interaction with men. She can, she can walk the walk and talk the talk very well, with, as well as any of her, her male colleagues. So, you know, being in a quote-unquote man's world is second nature to her. It's women that there tends to be a bit of rub up with, mm -hmm. and it's just to kind of just soften the edges and allow um, a, 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 a slightly wider variety of, I say variety in terms of interest and background of women into your realm. Okay, no, that's that's really interesting. I was just I was just thinking until that point I was like, oh, that sounds a bit like me, but that bit doesn't fit. <laughs> I love oh, being right. around women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna have to do yeah. this quiz now. Is there um is there a way that someone could do the quiz? Like, have you totally, got that totally. What unfortunately what you will get is uh, I've made the, the the quiz as it exists available but I am working on upgrading the quiz um, because more information has come, you know, become known to me. So the quiz is being updated, but I will make the link available. I'll put that in the comments. That would be yeah, great. That so would be really good take, to Yeah, check it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. That's been so good. I mean, I think everyone that's been watching has been really engaged with what you've been saying, and it's it, there's some really that. interesting self-care aspects in in all of these and actually we've as i think katie's mentioned that she feels that she's got a bit of all of these and she's been all of these at some point in her life and it i think it, it just it does more to empower you the more you know about yourself the more you you can do to to look after your money look after yourself look after the people around you and and move forward and feel empowered so yeah that's brilliant Absolutely. Totally. Thank you so much. Is there anything You're else you'd like welcome. to mention? Is there um, anything else you mention? I think, you know, you, you have wrapped it up quite brilliantly there, Nikki. The, the um, benefits to knowing your archetype, and I'd, I'd really like to put emphasis here on embodying your archetype. It's not sufficient to know your archetype, your main archetype. It is... The, the game changes when you start to embody the, mm. the those you know that main archetype and but what i what i see is that when we do even if you're not as an example even if you're not a ma uh, maiden archetype when you become more of more of you if you're the queen more of you if you're the warrior more of you if you're the sage or mystic your intuition sharpens because you're yeah. more in tune with your authentic self. Your intuition yes. sharpens. You make life and business decisions that are more aligned with who you really are. So you, you experience more flow and less push and pull, less push and tug. Your, um, the, 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 the outcomes that are yielded from the decisions and actions you take tend to be more pleasing to you because they came from you as opposed to what someone else thinks you should have been doing or should have done. Um, jealousy, competition, envy, those things become 
things of the past because you are so integrated in the fullness of who you are you are comfortable with others being and achieving what they're achieving knowing that yours will come so those are just some of the benefits um mm. of i can go on forever but those are just some of the benefits of, of knowing and empower and embodying your archetype and i i thank you so much nikki for having me on and ladies thank you for all your wonderful Wonderful, wonderful comments. This is so powerful, really interesting. Lots of purple hearts from Anastasia. Thank you, everyone. I can see Ellie and Anastasia, Seth, Sheila. I know I'm missing names. I do apologize, but thank you all. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. And, wait, and make sure you do the quiz, check it out, and then let us know what you are. I'm going to do mine. As soon as you put the link up, I'm going to find Great. out. I will, put, <laughs> I will pop the link in for sure. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for staying to listen to this special feature length episode. I know it's not the usual 10 minutes, but I'll be back next week with my 10 minute takeaway. And if you're interested in being interviewed for this podcast, I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to email me info at thefemalemoneydoctor.com and pitch me your idea and let's see if we're a great fit. And with that, I will love you and leave you and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.